Hello, and welcome to a Mind Matters podcast presented by A Light for Change, where we talk about the who, what, where, how, and why we as a community can make positive changes. The when is up to all of us, and it starts with you. Before I start, let's get into a positive zone, and I'll share my thoughts on a question from Graduate Thrivers Path Cards, Positive Attitude Zone. The card drawn is green for creative thinking, and the question is, if you could make a difference in the world, what would it be? If I could make a difference in the world, it would be by planting seeds of joy and shining my light so others can see life is worth living and joy worth feeling. After my eldest, Alexandre, became an angel, it was made clear to me what I must do to make a difference in the world, and I have been sowing my seeds ever since. This is season two, the role we play Episode 7, Communication is Key to Being Understood. Communication is more than just words, but something we do with every ounce of our being, even before we interact with someone else. It starts with our energy, then our chemical signature, then our body language is interpreted, followed by the tone or inflection that is picked up, and lastly, the words are heard, all altering the communication as received by another. Our role in life is to navigate how we communicate in each moment by ensuring that the appropriate style is used, there is productive efficiency, and the cause and effect relationship in a communication garners the desired amicable results. This gets harder and harder to do with self-control the more you become afflicted from your traumatic experiences. But once you have learned how to control what you communicate (coughs) (coughs) sorry, on all levels, It is rare to see the world with ignorant bliss any longer. As your understanding of self grows, so does your empathetic ability, which will improve your ability to sway communication to your favor, but will also prevent the wool from being pulled over your eyes. If you remain authentic to yourself, you may find yourself tightening your communicative network to avoid the negative energy of those attempting to fool you. But I caution you to remember, they are hurting growing and learning from a whole series of cognitive processing that led them to believe it was the best choice from the very moment you both started to interact with that moment. Perhaps let them come and go, but keep exemplifying your joyous role through your communication. The first question I am asked when I state communication happens on many levels before we interact is how is it possible to control your communication? It takes reflection, understanding yourself and what you want, and practicing different styles as if they were tools you can pick from when the moment calls for them. Generally, these styles are categorized into three, passive, assertive, and aggressive. But you can add subcategories that suit your moment if they aid you in helping to see the path of transition through them when you need to. Passive and aggressive communication are the two extremes of the scale, where assertiveness acts like a fulcrum point. As we pile on each of the layers of communication, we tip the scales towards reactionary outcomes that were choice, yes, but not made with you in control. All three styles of energy communication can be brought to mind in the same example. Think of when you wake up in the morning and start your day. 
Were you groggy and irritated at your alarm? Or did you jump out of bed ready to go 10 minutes before? Maybe you got up as planned, energized to follow your regimented recipe for a good day. Or you got up when you felt like it and enjoyed a relaxing start to your day free from worries. In the very first seconds of your day, your energy is already communicating with the world, telling it you didn't sleep well, you have a lot on your mind, you are anticipating something exciting or fearful, you are rushed, you have a plan, you are confident and driven, you are laid back, you can't be bothered, you are easygoing, or you are content, just to name a few. Even if you live alone, this information is communicated to your body and it decides which perspective lens you will put on for the day. If there are others in the house, it will set the tone for their minds to process the best way to react to you. You can train yourself to control what energy is putting out in the world by establishing a routine that allows your energy to flow the way you want it to. Getting sufficient sleep, not necessarily eight hours, but enough to fill your energy tanks, to fuel your day, considering the amount of physical energy you will disperse in your mental, physical, and emotional processing, providing your body with the right nutrients to fuel the burning of calories in those daily processings of energy is another key component to controlling how your energy communicates. Reflection and orientation planning help a lot in allowing the mind to process without burdens to interrupt. Lastly, Practicing allowing yourself to feel the way you wish to be communicating is the most crucial aspect of gaining control of how your energy communicates. Our chemical signature is biological and has many aspects we can't, cannot control, like when pheromones are released, but science is learning how we can control endorphins through emotional and physical regulation. Our chemical signature communicates compatibility productive state, intrigue levels, emotional arousal, including fear, our physical well-being, and so forth. Understanding them will give you some control, but the communications your receptors pick up from other signatures will do what they will when interacting with your signature, resulting in a message that gives you the choice to follow or avoid. <clears throat> We can enhance our control over our chemical signature by living healthily in knowing one's physical and dietary needs and layering additional chemicals that create a melody with our own, enticing another smell receptors to read our signature over others that may be nearby. Now we start to gain more control on what we pile onto those scales as we move into body language, tone and inflection, as well as verbal communication. My resiliency workbook lists the following traits that are typical with the three styles of communication, starting with the balance assertive and moving into the extremes of being passive then aggressive. An assertive communicator presents high levels of self-esteem. They show that they can be a risk taker and they are self-expressive. Their communication is honest, straightforward, and tactful, as well as respectful and effective. They tend to have a tone of non-threatening body language, such as their eye contact, arms at the side, and normal tone of voice. 
and their communication takes responsibility for their own feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. A passive communicator presents low self-esteem, and it shows through the words that they put others' needs ahead of their own. They communicate indirectly, and it's emotionally dishonest, sometimes self-denying and inhibited. The tone will laugh, lack self-respect, and the words tend to take responsibility for others' feelings and thoughts and behaviors instead of their own, and it shows a sign of being self-depreciative. Aggressive communication contributes to people seeing low self-esteem, even though the individual may have high self-esteem. The communication is tactless, self-enhancing and derogatory or embarrassing, sometimes even intimidating to others. It gives off a sense of being righteous, controlling, and is often loud and threatening and disrespectful. The words blame others for their personal feelings, thoughts and behaviors, and their needs are met at the expense of others. Body language may seem involuntary, <clears throat> but the reality is it is a direct reflection of what we are thinking, which is why it informs you how to use or gives you your tell, sorry, in poker, and also gives every fortune teller all the information they need to make their predictions. When you think the brain sent... It sends a synapsis to the parts of the body through the central nervous system that make you twitch, flinch, sweat, fur your brow, mouth movement, change your breath rate, increase your heart rate, dilate your pupils, and even make movements like hand, head, and eye gestures. These movements communicate more than just a range for our thoughts when triggered by a cue or understood scenario as a professional would read, but it also communicates to others trying to relate to us things like interest when we lean in or point our limbs towards, judgment, processing if we, if another observes our eye movements and arm placements as being such. Even compassion can be read when both of the previous movements are perceived together. Don't forget your confidence levels which are observed by your posture and firm hand and eye connection. Even your passion is on display by the dramaticism of your movements all around. We often don't mean for our body language to be interpreted the way they are by others with the common defense phrase being, not everything is about you. When our body language is questioned, but this miscommunication stems from not being in control of how our thoughts are impacting us, either because we are ignoring them or ruminating on them in some way. It will be said many times, reflection that leads to self-awareness allows you to foresee the optimal styles to present so you can plan to communicate your authentic self, which is key to controlling the message you send out and takes dedication and practice Often scheduling time to process information when the moment is under control or you are away from it. Remembering to politely excuse yourself from reacting in the moment so as to acknowledge you perceived the moment 
that requires a reaction from your cognitive processing. Controlling what and how you vocalize is about being honest with yourself and what your authentic self wants to communicate while respecting the flow of conversation by reading all the levels others are communicating and moving through the styles to counterbalance as needed when appropriate. I am still training myself on how to move through the styles gracefully, reading what is being communicated for me to perceive and what is subliminal. I have learned to recognize the different scenarios where I choose the different styles as I may go through the different ways of communicating. I am passive in relationships and when disseminating information. I feel my authority to share may be judged, which is why I am sure these podcasts come across as dry and stilted. I am assertive when advocating for the equanimity and the well-being of all around me. Sometimes myself, if it so happens to come about while I help others. I am aggressive when confronted or I feel my character or that of my family's is belittled in some way. As many a teacher would let you know, I can be a snarling mama bear when I feel my children are not being inspired to learn. To overcome their setbacks while absorbing facts that may spark their intrigue to follow a path of knowledge. This shows my thought processing as opinion. In this case, one should choose a job they are happy and willing to fulfill all the requirements for. In regards to teachers, teachers are to teach youth how to learn and why one should want to continue to learn new things throughout life while providing them tidbits of knowledge and skills they will compound year after year. <clears throat> Choosing a direction in life that allows them to become knowledgeable in all aspects of those few tidbits that inspired them to want to know more so as to expand the breadth of knowledge that can be shared in tidbits to others. When a teacher communicates to me that my child is falling behind the standardized criteria, I defend, I defend my child who does not have a standard mind and attack the teacher with command for not complying with the requirements of the job, in my opinion, judging them as inadequate and often leaving them questioning how it would be humanely possible to inspire 30 different mindsets at once in such a noble way. Not knowing how to communicate or transition through the communication, preventing yourself from using your go-to style can impede your ability to communicate what you mean, denying your authentic self the role it has in life. Misunderstood roles can make relationships of any type difficult, often being blinded by personal afflictions that limit the grounds for open communication. Without open and honest communication, there is little chance of it being productively received and effectively conveyed, <clears throat> effectively conveying the correct message your authentic self wants communicated. Someone who is humble, for example, will never say they need anything more than basics, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve it. We see this often amongst the modern blue-collar slaves, as well as being at the root of racist behaviors. Many cultures brought across the world by Western culture 
have a humble sensibility woven in how they are raised, which makes them easy to take advantage of. Your role in productive and efficient communication is to advocate for yourself with proper disclosure, to define the boundaries you need for processing and the ability to remove yourself from the interactive communication, as well as speaking in a way that keeps you keeps the intended receiver interested with motivation in the message being communicated. Advocating for yourself, again, takes self-awareness and reflection from unlocking your thoughts to communicate with clear authenticity for your present and future involvement with the moment and extending ripples and ways while practicing through exposure to failing where your vulnerabilities are thrown back in your face as you fall to understand what information about yourself to disclose and when. I am still learning when not to disclose my vulnerabilities and my desires as one of my default safety behaviors is to use myself as example so as not to offend others. Nevertheless, resulting in judgment, feeding my need to passively communicate the information I authentically want to communicate. I use the saying, say what you mean and mean what you say, choosing your words so they won't be regretted, to remind myself to be clear on what I need. If you are not fine, don't say you are. Maybe say, I'm facing my challenges with a smile. If someone asks how they can support you, don't feel embarrassed and say you don't need any support. Recognize their qualities and ask them for the support you think they can best help you with. Perhaps there are no ways yet conceived to communicate what your mind has been up to. And that's okay. It's okay to let someone know you're still trying to figure it out and their friendly smile is health enough for the moment. If someone is hounding you and pressuring you to change your mindset as if it should have been done yesterday, being common sense to them, it is your role to then let them know you still need space to process your emotions and thoughts, but you appreciate their enthusiastic support. Boundaries can help you understand the importance of disclosing or not by giving you a clear picture of what you don't want. I like to use the rule of thumb, if you don't want it repeated, don't share it. And trust is felt when earned, not justified in words. Choosing to omit information without lying for many years. However, as of late, I am an open book, encouraging everyone to repeat what I share in their own words. Where you set your boundary is a personal decision. Perhaps it's intolerance of being spoken down to or honesty has more virtue than a lie. Each determining a line that have crossed is a cause to terminate the communication and readdress after a period of reflection. Keeping what you say interestingly motivating will win you supporters as they want to hear what is said for what is meant, or at least be reassured it can be correlated to a path of truth they believe in. As you can tell by the boring, monotone nature of my voice, I still need to afford myself classes on voice acting and motivational speaking. Though I have researched the three key points to engage the audience 
with statements that get their mind thinking, to connect with them on an emotional level, and to show sincerity with the command you display by using your tone to captivate them. Brad Stanton, a peer of mine from therapy, has a great online workshop called Acting for Personal Growth and Confidence that I would love to join soon and recommend you all do the same. The successful combination of all three aspects will stimulate a series of cause and effect communication, bantering back and forth in debate, motivating the message to spread. For every communication heard or perceived, there is a reaction it causes in the perceiver where your role is to ensure the reaction is optimal. By controlling what you communicate on each level, you can somewhat alter the reaction of others. It is using foresight to dance with your communication partner by diagnosing parts of their communication that can be read before direct interaction and analyzing each physically and verbally expressed communication to choose how you react and adjust as appropriate. This dance allows the conversation to continue to move forward in common understanding or resolve avoiding tangents and emotional over-explanation. I struggle with keeping conversation on track because I tend to go on backstory tangents relating my uncertainty relating to my uncertainty on if what I disseminate from my awareness will be accepted as viable. Like all aspects of living with wholehearted authenticity, it is constant practice in ever-changing scenarios where you must always choose to follow your path to joy, leaving a trail of joyous memories behind you that will one day fill your autobiographic book, <clears throat> book of life that immortalizes you in the Akashic Hall of Records. Your role in forming optimal reaction is to choose to see the possibilities of how what you externalize radiates in ripples and waves, align the value of impact with your intentions, and communicate with necessary truth and goodwill. Word of mouth is the fastest spread form of communication, including as the roots of online communication as well as the most manipulated. Once you communicate something that is perceived, it is manifested and cannot be uncommunicated. If you sit in the corner of a room ruminating, anyone who walks in the room will feel your angry energy communicated to them. It says walk away and tells others not to go in there because you're pissed. When you walk out, everyone knows and is asking if you're going to be okay, but you get embarrassed and get even more angry. You tell your peers you think another one is getting special treatment. They tell some other peers on their lunch break that that person is cheating and that's why they get special treatment. They go out with friends who repeat it a little more wrong and say that person is cheating with the boss so they get special treatment. The next day, the boss and that person are being questioned by someone higher up who overheard the conversation while out at the same place. Turns out that person had been putting in countless hours of dedicated work to be able to present the best information in order to reach some noble goal they hold. These are just two of an infinite number of examples that show how what we 
what you communicate echoes on, changing things as it gains or loses momentum. Of course, you cannot prevent all ripples of your communication, but you can be aware of the possible impact in every direction, so you can choose with more caution and train yourself in composure and emotionally hygienic expression and reflection. You must align the value of impact with your goodwilled intentions, accepting the results wholeheartedly. You must realize all impacted by the ripples of your communication, pro and con, will learn more of their authentic self because it was communicated from a place, a place of authenticity. If your partner is talking to you, but you're not really listening, as you have not have a lot on your mind and they get mad at your facial reactions, the best thing you can do is honestly say you have a lot on, on your mind and you weren't really listening, but thinking of your own things. They will be mad you're not listening, but you've been honest. From there, it's on them to decide if they want to hold off on what they were communicating to help free up space for you to hear them truly go off and build more points to their own argument or demand your attention though they know it lacks focus. This is hardest for some, for someone seeking validation because they question the value of their authentic self and sometimes the lines can become blurred by the influence of others. If you recognize this need in someone, be gentle in judging their communication, opting to lend awareness to their unique value, to strengthen their resolve, and to listen to their own instincts in the future. Everyone should try to communicate with the necessary truth and goodwill, which is the ultimate key to knowing what to disclose and how to communicate in a moment. If each time you consciously communicate, you ask yourself if it is necessary, then you will reduce oversharing and keep the information you do share relevant to the moment so it can progress smoothly. If with each communication you ensure your facts are true and the information held, is held in your beliefs, then you will keep what you communicate authentic. If you communicate with goodwill, then you are sure to keep the law of reaction to a minimal negative swing. Ultimately, when considering our role in communicating, we must be aware of what we are thinking and what we are truly want to communicate. Reading others to know the style we should communicate with to allow the conversation to flow as it dances. We must have an openness to receive information and express ourselves authentically. It is also important to be aware of the cause and effect relationships of communicating with others so what is communicated is what is interpreted without being muddled by the receiver's thoughts. We communicate constantly, consciously and subconsciously, but taking the time to understand your tripartite self, mind, body, and soul, you allow yourself to communicate authentically and thereby allow yourself to communicate with joy and interpret joy from the, from the communications you receive. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise until then as well. Think about what style of communication you tend to use most often and how it has resulted. Do you usually feel heard? Do you feel that people understand you? Lastly, 
What do you wish you could change about how you communicate or the results of how you communicate? I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone, Pass Cards for short. The question will be the opening question for next episode. The card drawn is pink for reflective thinking. And the question is, what did you accomplish today? That's going to be fun. We will get to that next week. But in the meantime, you can get your past cards, the Positive Attitude Zone, at www.graduatethrivers.com. That's spelled capital G, small R-A-D, capital U, small I-T, capital T, small H-R-I-V-E-R-S, dot com. <clears throat> Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, and open-minded, and as natural as you can. Smile as much as you can, and take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on the Mind Matters Podcast, created by Light for Change, which you can find at www.lightforchanges.com. That's L-I-G-H-T, number four, C-H-A-N-G-E-S.com. Have a great day.